Taking off in five, four, three, two. Yeah, I literally was just talking to uh, uh, somebody about, um, you know, different ways like or different things I got in the air right now. And it's it's hard, man, when you got a lot of different aspirations, you you have a lot of different things you're trying to do. Uh, it's tough to like it's a tough juggling act, you know what I mean? And you have yeah. to pick some battles you're going to win, some battles you're not going to win, you're going to lose, you know? Um, and so, you know, adding more to that is difficult, you know? Uh, and for those who don't uh, know what the fuck we're talking about, uh, we're just talking about, you talking know, about life. Yeah. Talking about some real <laughs> shit here. Right? Not the movie. No, not at all. Just, this is not life. a, this is not a highlight reel here. This is uh, real shit, you know? Um, you know, uh, when you when you got things you want to do, you have things that 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 especially if like the bigger they are, the more time and dedication you need to have. And I think that that's difficult to do and it's difficult to keep your eye on, especially when you're on your own motivator, you know, when you're the only like cheerleader in the stands, yeah. you know, because that's that's when that's when you know some shit is real is when there's nobody else cheering for you really. And I'm not even saying that people are like wishing for you a downfall or nothing. It's just nobody's on the bandwagon yet. You know, there are no, <laughs> there's nobody, yeah. you know, uh, buying the merch yet. You in know? the beginning, very few people are on your team. Yeah. You know, yeah. once they start to see the success and, yeah. you know, they start to see you being productive and accomplishing things, then people kind of get on board and they get yeah. behind you, yeah. which, you know, makes sense. It's logical for people not to really join you in in your journey until they start to see you make progress right yeah but yeah those yeah. those first few steps oh those are rough <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta yeah you gotta want it you yeah. gotta you gotta want it in that case uh and and i think that that's where i'm at and and so yeah i think it's gonna be i think this year i'm highly focused on doing things that I know I've always wanted to do, mm -hmm. but perhaps have been timid and afraid of doing because I'm afraid of like failure. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, eventually speaking, you really do have to, you know, um, you, you gotta, you gotta confront your demons, you know, you gotta confront those things that, that scare you the most. And so this year I'm really into like, when I know I'm afraid of some shit, yeah, that's the shit that I got to go after. That's just shit that I got to go do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so I've already got those things, you know, kind of accounted for. And I'm, I'm hyper focused right now on, on, on fleshing that out. You know, the podcast being one of them, uh, a couple other endeavors that, yeah. I, that I should, I, I should say, um, you know, uh, make me, scared you know to 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 attempt or try to do because it's like yo when you try some shit that makes that like means something to you um the success of it or the failure of it it stays with you it's not something that you can quickly just like okay on to the next shit it's i gotta yeah <laughs> i gotta drink a couple bottles of uh of henny real quick and then yeah. you know i might be all right <laughs> you know it's funny i'm glad you yeah. said that because like so i'm reading this book right now right which um yeah so you know I picked it up for a while. I was reading it, then I put it down, and now I'm at the point where like I'm ready to go pick it back up and finish it. Yeah. Um, and I think I told you about it. It's a book that examines how like great companies rise and fall, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I I really want to finish that book because 
there's this other book that I want to get to, which I feel like is really important for me to pick it up now yeah. at the beginning of the year yeah, because it speaks a lot about what you just mentioned, like how chasing your, your, your goals should be scary. Right. So the book is called, um, the book is called, I believe it's called lion. Yeah. Right. And the book, you know, the book is about how chasing your dreams, chasing your goals should yeah. feel like you're chasing a lion. Oh, it, yeah. should, it should feel like absolutely fucking crazy. Like I cannot believe I'm about to run down uh, a fully grown male lion. <laughs> like uh, with, fucking chasing Simba. Yeah. With, fucking, with no, yeah. no, with, fuck Simba Mufasa. <laughs> you know, he was, he was a gangster. He was, he was a big G. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but that's how like ch- chasing your dreams should feel like, like chasing down yeah, yeah. a lion in the jungle or on the Sahara, yeah. on the Serengeti. Um, <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. Poetic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't wait to pick that book up and I know I need to pick it up now because it's that like, it's going to be a good motivator for me, I think. Yeah. But I'm at the point where I know I need to not do two things before I can start any of the projects that I want to start this year. Mm-hmm. And I, this year is going to be a real learning journey for me. Like I, I talked about some of the stuff um, before we started recording, the things I want to learn, the things I want to do this year. So this year I'm focusing on learning and then, you know, implementing as well, but mostly learning. Yeah. Um, like learning what? Uh, again, like front end development stuff. Mm. Um, uh, you know, there's some analytics that, you know, that like that data analytics, digital marketing analytics that I um like I know how to do it. Like I I can work within these systems and these programs, and I can somewhat build a like a marketing plan. So like obviously inclusive of you know data and, and digital analytics to support it. Yeah. But there are just tools and certain systems and systems and functions that I haven't mastered yet. And I'm like, you know what? They're not that difficult. Let me just go ahead and knock these out. Let me go ahead and like learn them and get them under my belt. Yeah. So that I'm like as well rounded as I want to be. Well, that, I think that's that's the uh, that's the key to it is is learning something, learning skills that. You know, they're hard to learn. But once you've learned them, like once you have actually taken the time to sit there and, and learn them, um, you have such a leg up on at like 95 percent of the rest of the field because people don't take the time to actually because uh, I've wondered this, you know, and I think we've had this conversation kind of multiple times where it's just like, what's the difference between me and somebody who's homeless? Right. And I'm not talking about somebody who's homeless, who has like mental, you know, illness issues. Uh, I'm talking about somebody who just like lost a job or did whatever. And I think it's because you have to make yourself and this goes for people who are entrepreneurs, both entrepreneurs, as well as people who work for companies. Right. Is you have to make yourself um, uh, more than just valuable. You have to make yourself sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Inex, uh, an expendable and expendable, yeah. you know, um, that, you know, this thing cannot thrive without you. You're like the cog that if you were to take that cog out, this thing is just not going to go. You know, that's how you have to make yourself. And I think learning different skills is paramount to that. Right. Like you've got to you've got to learn the skills that separate you from everybody else, you know. And okay, so, you know, uh, you know, uh, right now I'm I'm working. uh, The the main thing that I do is I I work with um, 
you know, in, in production and TV production or in, internet TV product, whatever the fuck you want to say, multimedia production. Right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, a lot of that is learning how to use what's called like a TriCaster. It's it's basically just like a it's a switcher. It helps switch, you know, from one shot to the other. Yada yada. Now, you know, uh, learning how to do that at the beginning was kind of a scary thing because it's this big massive machine and it's got all these fucking light parts lighting up and it looks like a fuck it looks like you're in a fucking sci-fi movie when you look at it right um but i was like you know what fuck this shit like i'm i'm here to fucking learn and i'm here to do the shit right so sure at the beginning i was fucking up my first time ever actually doing uh you know having a switch uh uh it was nerve-wracking you know and i fucked up a couple times you know but i just kept doing it over and over now i know the shit better than the people who, who taught it to who, you. who taught it to me you yeah. know um and i i still don't know it I, I still haven't maxed out you know but my my and i was telling one other the, the guys the other day i was like you know it's weird how there are buttons on here that i still don't know how to use and he was just like yeah whatever you know it is what it is i was like no like i want to know yeah, what that know. shit that what is it what is what does it do because the last thing i want is for me to be in here click a button and be like oh shit it's all over you know because i clicked one button it's like no like i should know every single square inch of this shit so that if somebody were to come to me or something were to happen I don't have to go anywhere else. I don't have to make any calls. I yeah. don't have to talk to anybody. I just, I know the shit, you know? And then, and then you create a lane for yourself. Exactly. Another lane. You know, that, cause that's, that's, that's valuable, you yeah. know, to, 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 to know that shit in, in and out. And I think that that's, I think when, when I think to like, you know, people who are maybe homeless and, and a lot of people have a lot of different issues. So I'm not trying to sit here and make a declarative statement about homeless people, but I think how can I position myself to where that's just never going to be the case. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I think it, it has, it's somewhere rooted in continuously learning. If you continuously learn, then you're continuously making yourself valuable, you know, uh, both if it's just your own thing, if you have your own business or if you work for somebody else. Um, and it's more than just that value. You're making yourself inexpendable. You yeah. Know? I, I was listening to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's speech the other day may sound he may be a funny sounding guy right but he says <laughs> i mean obvi- an, an extremely successful individual who came from nothing absolute nothing in a foreign country and then came here and then has become uh an international superstar right yeah he just talked about you know you spend one hour a day learning something new yeah by the end of the year 365 hours of new information you've attained that you can continue to build on and put to use yeah 365 hours of learning that's more time than uh you know a full uh college course right yeah yeah uh and you know uh college is a funny thing because it's like you go to college and you know you you go there to learn but a lot of people go there to like just you know party and have fun but you have so much at your fingertips in college that you don't really realize, at least I didn't really realize until I got out that yeah. I had everything at my fucking fingertips. And I just, I, I mean, I, I took advantage of it for the most part, but yeah, if I could go e- back and do that shit again, I, I most definitely would. 
Yeah, I would have spent a lot more time in the library because that's where the that's where the sluts were at anyway. Yikes! Okay, <laughs> uh, now we were uh, hitting you with the the mass motivation, uh, and then somehow that got turned into whatever the fuck that was. Uh, pussy motivation. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Welcome to the Fade Podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's your boy T.O. As you know, it's your boy O. Rain. Real name, no gimmicks. No, I, no. I think you messed that up. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> we are off to a marvelous start here. Real uh, name. Yeah. How does it, how does it go anyway? What how, uh, how does my thing go? A rain, real, real name, name, no, game, no, no games, no gimmicks. Yeah, what? Are yeah, they? I think I think you said no this games. This fucking science <laughs> energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is this shit you got here? It's, uh, it's <laughs> yo, yo, you know some shit is not real when instead of science, it has an X Y, so that you're saying science, but with an X and Y. Science. Yeah, no, I, no, I think I, I'm not gonna buy science <laughs> energy drink. No one's gonna buy that. You gotta throw a Z or X or Y in there to make yo, it cool no, for millennials. You just. <laughs> You need to have an SC. That's no. Uh, what what is you, this shit you if, have here? If you're looking at all of the different energy drinks, right? And there's yeah. Red Bull, and there's Amp, and then yeah. um, Monster. You're gonna get the science energy drink. No, you gotta throw a Z and an X and a Y on the shit. No, what you have no to gonna do, buy science energy drink. Uh, no, that's that's why you can't even get your words straight. It's because you're fucking drinking X Y ions. It did. Uh, it did throw me for a loop there. <laughs> I, I don't know what this ingredient is, but um, I think it's this it's this one ingredient that threw me off. Uh, yeah, nice cowpiss, nice cinnadine. I'm pretty sure that's cowpiss. I, I, nice cinnadine. Uh, yeah, that fucking nice cinnadine yeah. got me. Go ahead and Google that. Causes uh, <laughs> tongue slippage. We just say dumb shit. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fade Podcast, the one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, some motivation to start the show. That's uh, yeah, yeah. We gotta do that every now and then. Get, get give the yeah. people uh, a little dose of uh, Al Pacino in any given Sunday. Just give yeah. them. Some we spend nice a lot motivation. of time talking about like these actors and these um, yeah. you know producers and directors, yeah. all very successful people, right? Yeah, these people didn't get to where they are, uh, you know, just by luck. Like yeah. there's a lot of hard work that went into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of them did. Some yeah, of them fucked Harvey or, Weinstein. Yeah, some of that happens. Some of them uh, were drugged by either R. Kelly or Cosby or possibly both at the same time. Yeah, that is yeah, not. But none, you, none of those what people if you, were what successful. If you got I'm talking invited, about the successful. People. What if you got invited to a party, and the only two people that were going to be there were Bill Cosby and R. Kelly. Like, I really feel like you need to return that, <laughs> return that invitation to sender. Just, yeah. Just... What, what if you call the Uber there and then you try to request another one and yeah, then yeah. it was a surcharge. <laughs> <laughs> do you, t- do you take that surcharge? And, and the only Ubers in the area <laughs> were like XL. the black trucks. <laughs> And, and the wait was still thirty minutes. <laughs> no, that no. Well, that's that's when you just have to call a regular t- uh, taxi cab. You just nah, you call a yellow cab. You that's when I walk. Cab. That's yeah. That's lace well, up no, the no, boots. No, 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 no. Because they want you to walk. They want you to walk. They want it. They want to. They, they want this to play out like a Halloween movie. 
Yeah, mm. I feel like they, they like the the hunter. You're walking the down gazelle. the street and you see the headlights behind you, <laughs> yeah. and then you start to run, and then a truck dun, speeds dun, up, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's fucking Art Kelly, <laughs> and he rolls down the window. He's like, Kales. Yo, you know, so I, I <laughs> Kales. <laughs> Yo, you know what's um, you know what I don't like though. And and I mean, I guess these people have reason. And we're going to talk about R. Kelly again for a second. Yeah. But there are all these musicians he's worked with who are like coming yeah. out saying, like, you know, like Celine Dion, right? I think her and R. Kelly. <laughs> she had, had a song with R. Kelly. Yeah. What song it, does she have with R. Kelly? Um, it was like a like Faith or <laughs> fucking Celine Dion. It was a massive what is song. R. Kelly doing? What? what? Is, I mean, R. Kelly has written for artists that you probably would have never even thought that, he wrote and it, for. It, it, and it's it's funny, right? I'm sorry. Finish your thought, and I'll and I'll, and I'll try. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, like, he's written and worked with all of these artists, people some of us would have no idea he worked with, right? And then all like some of these artists he worked with like ten years ago, and they're coming out saying, like, for example, I think Celine Dion pulled the song from like all airways, and she doesn't want it played because she doesn't want any connection with R. Kelly. Yeah. Like I I get it. You know, you want to distance yourself from a monster. Mm-hmm. Um. It feels like wanting to be part of the story, though, doesn't it? Seem I don't, like I don't think it feels bit? like because nobody I, I, was I think fucking that's a legitimate. That's a legitimate. Um, but uh, like, look, this song may have come out. Like, I'm just gonna give it ten years ago, right? This song yeah. came out ten years ago. Nobody was fucking thinking. Hey, you know what? Ten years ago, but Celine in this, Dion in this, worked with R. Kelly. Outrage culture. Ten years ago means nothing. Meaning that. It doesn't matter if it was 10 years ago because it's happening right now because somebody somewhere on Twitter decided to bring that shit up to light. It doesn't. Fucking so, matter. all right, you know, let's let, let's say someone brought up and we're going to stick with this whole Celine Dion R. Kelly. Yeah. Thing. Let's say someone brought up. Hey, oh, hey, uh, let's attack Celine Dion because 10 years ago she did a song with R. Kelly. Yeah. No, what? It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> what? No, but that makes okay. no sense. But like. I feel like a lot of these celebrities who may have worked with him once some time ago or worked on a small project with him because this story is so big, they want to be a part of the outrage, right? They want to be retweeted and shared, you know, for, you know, going on Twitter or Instagram and, you know, telling their R. Kelly story and also saying how upset at him they are. And you know, it's it's like making yourself relevant by attaching yourself to a moment in time where, to voice your outrage is to be on the right side of it. And and they know they're going to get their streams up. They know they're yeah. going to get their retweets up. Yeah. It feels uh, kind of bullshit to me. Uh, I, I, it might very well be bullshit, right? Like, uh, but, but I think some of them have legitimate questions to answer, right? Like, so for instance, okay, well, what if it didn't come out 10 years ago? What if you did a song where R. Kelly came out a year ago? Uh, and what if it was really popular? Uh, apparently uh, Lady Gaga, uh, a shout out to BLT podcast, uh, uh, surreal release, by the way, uh, I was, I was checking out the, the latest episode of her podcast out and they were talking about it a little bit. And, uh, she was talking about a, a, uh, uh, an R Kelly's and uh, lady Gaga song that came out that was apparently really popular. Uh, and she was like, damn, I really like that song too. Right. You, you might have legitimate questions to answer. Like you're profiting off of this dude who know, who, you know, is a monster, right? But here's the question that I that I have for everybody. How diligent are we as a people? Right. 
are we now going to go back through the Rolodex and say, not only are we going to look at who partnered with R. Kelly as in like did a duet with him or whatever, are we going to go back and look at literally who he wrote songs for and then take those songs off the airway? Is that, that what we're going to do? That's fucking crazy. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have R. Kelly on my playlist. <laughs> and I was, li- I was listening like to him. Uh, well, I was listening to like um, When a Woman's Fed Up the other day. Great song. I'm yeah. not going to take it off of my playlist. Yeah. Terrible yeah. guy. He, here's here's the thing. Good that music. I, here's the thing I could. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to listen to any. If he puts out a new album today. Yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to it or buy it. Here's why I don't feel bad about listening to R. Kelly's songs. I steal all my music anyway, so I know it's not profiting him. (laughs) I'm not giving any iTunes money to him. I I, I rip it off of YouTube. I did add it on iTunes, so he's going to get paid with it. Yeah, from yeah. it one way well, or Well, that's on you. I don't. <laughs> it's nine ninety nine a month. Uh, hey, look, whatever. I'm like Ezel. I steal. I don't care. Right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, again, when I when I heard that Celine Dion thing, to me, it just seemed like one of those situ one of those moments where she's like, I'm not really popping right now. But if I now, yes now no. so Celine Dion is, Celine, is massive. Yeah, I don't think she really needs to. But like, what a great way to be very in the conversation where you're pulling one of your biggest records of all time from all airways because you ah, worked with this monster. Whatever. Now, what is that going to do? You're pulling your biggest record. So you probably want to supplement that income, but now your current shit, you, that album you've, is that God, how it works? The album she's dropping in yeah. a month. <laughs> she's dropping it out. <laughs> she's like, R. Kelly's a monster. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe I worked with him. I want that song pulled from all airways. My new album comes out this <laughs> February 15th. Uh, go check it out. iTunes, it's Stitcher. Called Beautiful Star. Uh, <laughs> on iTunes. Like, bitch, Spotify, get out of here. buy it on whatever you listen to music on. Uh, There's an R. A Kelly. side and a B side. Uh, features include... <laughs> You can get the get the deluxe version uh, with the three music videos I did. Um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I have a very mixed, uh, and I think we talked about it in the la- our last episode. We talked about uh, uh, you know how we felt about the whole R. Kelly and and surviving R. Kelly thing. Here, here's where I currently stand on it because I think in, in a week I've had a chance to process a lot of shit. And I have to say that I'm pretty much still where I was before that all the people who are coming out now and saying, I'm never listening to another R. Kelly song. Okay. Tight. Like, good for you. I, that must mean that you're really about this cause. Then you're, you're really displaying the fact that you, uh, you're, you're behind this culture of cancel R. Kelly by not listening to his songs. Grand. Although I wouldn't have given a fuck. It's a grand. (laughs) Yo, if somebody ever disrespects my, my 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 purpose, like my cause, like that. If I tell someone, "Hey, this is the way I feel," and I, I feel very strongly about it, and they're and they're like, "Grand, yeah," I'm pulling the strap out. I got that Glock on me. Um, but seriously though, like, it, if if you, no, nobody gives a fuck if you're in the middle of your fucking li- living room listening or not fucking listening to R. Kelly. Like, nobody cares, right? Yeah. So for you to announce that to the world, I from henceforth, 
I shall not listen to another Robert Kelly album yeah. for the rest of my. I don't give are, a fuck. Are those fuck. same people going to stop watching anything produced by Harvey Weinstein's production company? Absolutely no, not. Hunger Games was good. <laughs> <laughs> Love that Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and and but but that's why I asked. Like, okay, where does it stop? Right. If you stop listening to R. Kelly's songs, then are you going to start stop listening to songs that he just produced? Are you going to stop listening to songs he just wrote for? Yo. Like, are you actually going to try to do your homework and try to really figure out like where the fucking webs are you're gonna find out he's done a lot of shit with a lot of your favorite artists fucking playlist is either written by r kelly produced by Mm -hmm. r kelly the biggest Uh, lady gaga fans are gonna be like shit her her entire album god damn it (laughs) he wrote on this produced on that he co-wrote on this can't listen to beyonce anymore yeah can't listen to jay-z because they did that joint album back in the day best of both worlds oh my god fantastic yo that song Uh, i'm not guilty oh yeah oh he has the best line at the beginning of it uh and i think i I said this on 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 actually on the bot podcast uh best line before me there was many after me there will be none i am the one i am the one (laughs) that's my shit that is my song still rocks if it comes out right now i'm playing and it it has the whistles in it yo if you drive past like a women's rally yeah (laughs) and you're playing and even if you're playing that i believe i can fly very motivational song yo you will not survive you will be you will not (laughs) yo yo you're you're caught first of all they lay traps right they've got the traps to so that they blow out your tires so Mm, so you're not going anywhere spikes (laughs) they got the shit that kills your engine electronically <laughs> got the Batman shit. <laughs> <laughs> the shit from um uh what uh, bait car where they just kill the engine and lock the doors. Uh, excuse me, can't sir. Go nowhere. What were you just listening to? You're like, no, no, bitches, it wasn't me. <laughs> Yo, someone's gonna kill me. For this stuff. <laughs> but all right, oh, let's shit. um uh some yeah, interesting let's, stuff. Let's, yeah, let, let, let's jump into this shit, man. Uh, first of all, um. Uh, I have a list of upcoming movies. Uh, the only one that I think is up for uh, 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 of notice is uh, Glass is coming out this week. Uh, yeah. What, what, what's the uh, What's the consensus? Are, are we going to go check that out? Are we not? What's What do we feel? Um. Yes, I'm excited to see it. Mm. Um, I don't know if I don't know if this is a movie I need to see in theaters, but it will gain my viewership now that's interesting that. because it is a superhero movie although one that's grounded in reality i guess uh so you would think because i have a i have a i have a rule any action movie or superhero movie i'm going to go to the theaters to see anything outside of that there's just no reason why i need to go see that in theaters i might like so for instance i'm th- i, I want to go see if bill street could talk I'm probably going to watch that this week, um, which I'll see in theaters. There is just no reason why I have to go see if Bill Street could talk in a theater. Yeah. That's just, there's nothing happening on that screen that I could enjoy in my living room. Yeah. I think at this point, if um, nothing blows up or there isn't like a gunfight or, you know, if a building doesn't collapse. Yeah. Um there's no point in me seeing it in theaters because yeah. you go for those massive moments that, yeah. you know, you can only really feel 
Or, it, yeah, like you hear the, the sound, you hear the, the rumbling, and, especially yeah. the new movie theaters where the seat shakes and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> Is this King's Dominion? What's yeah, like, going on here? <laughs> I'll go for those experiences, but... You know, I'm not yeah. gonna see La La Land <laughs> in IMAX. <laughs> I mean, look, and and oh I'm my sure God. Ryan Gosling, great dancer. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I saw that in IMAX. <laughs> no, and I'm sure there there's others who would disagree with me vehemently. You know, because I, if you like, uh, for instance, uh, Christopher Nolan is a huge uh, proponent of going out to theaters to see movies he feels like that that's the, the way that cinema should be um digested uh i'm like yeah but you're also rich uh and when you when it was <laughs> yeah. when it was you know when you were up and coming and you were going out to movies they also cost two dollars so yeah. saying that shit nowadays is different look yeah my dude I wish my bg needs do at the end of the month i wish i was there when he said that i'd be like <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't tell me I got to go see every movie in theaters just because you make movies and you're rich. It's, it's a lot easier for you. Yeah, it seems very weirdly up. out of touch for him just to say that. Uh, like, I get what he means. Like, I think that's the original. Like, when you make a movie, you make it with the intent that people are going to be sitting down in theaters consuming it. That's that's the way you make it. And, and uh, for all intent and purposes... That is the way you should consume it. Yeah, but unless you're producing it for Netflix, exactly. And and and, but that's why he goes so hard against. Like it's like it's a it's a thing that he doesn't really like the whole Netflix model of putting shit out directly on you know uh, uh, VOD. Um, But I I think where that is out of touch is is that you're not taking into account the realistic situation, which is movie theaters are kind of expensive and then on top of that if i do have the option of sitting in my fucking living room and watching it i can kick my fucking toes up you know spread my shit out um you know fucking make myself some goddamn popcorn without it costing me 18 dollars. i think i might like to do that i don't yeah. know call me crazy call and, me and i mean not to mention that movies are somewhat you know going to a movie is somewhat like inachievable for you know people with children when the fuck I, I, I wouldn't say it's inachievable but. like when the fuck are you gonna find time to go watch a three hour movie <laughs> yeah. when, when you have seeing Endgame is going to yeah. be the worst <laughs> when you have toddlers the only way that happens yeah. is if you know husband and wife hey I'm gonna go see the movie tonight <laughs> You can go see it tomorrow, right? But then that kind of like takes away from the experience. Yeah. Unless you're heading no, towards getting I, I, a divorce and you're like, you know what? You know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go see the movie tonight. You see it when you get the time. <laughs> but see it on your lunch break. But no, that, that's a real thing. You know, I know a lot of, um, you know, as a parent, I know a lot of other parents. And like yeah. one of the things that it's very difficult to do is to find time to watch a movie. Yeah. But but I, I would say that, okay, like even if you did make it a thing, right? Like, okay, like once a month, we're going to make it a point to go out to the movie theater and see it, right? It's a big theatrical thing where you have to like 
prep for it, right? It's not just like, oh, hey, it's a Wednesday night. Let's go out to the fucking movies. It's like, no, like we have to like actually think about this shit, you know, and and plot shit, especially if you not if you just have if you have multiple kids Mm -hmm. uh, and then their ages matter. Yeah. You know, in terms of what movies you can go see. You got to get a um, sitter yeah. or like maybe a family member to watch the kids. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's even the case, what if you do decide to take the kids with you, you know? Um, yeah. People you know. who bring their kids to the movie theater with them. Yeah. Under the age, you know, for a kid movie. Yeah. I think they got to be three years old or older. Yeah. Because they can't even enjoy it. Like they can't sit in the fucking seat long enough to like really fucking take in what they're watching. Yeah. What was the first movie you ever remember seeing with your parents? Scarface. (laughs) (laughs) No. um, You know what? I'm not going to lie. I have no fucking idea. What was the the first movie I saw? Like, I would have to ask my mom, what was the first movie you took me to? Now, you know what, though? The Mm. first movie I ever remember going to see in a movie theater, Mm. I don't know, and I'm sure this wasn't it, but the one I really do remember was Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Oh shit, Jesus. That's a Yeah. <laughs> how old were wait, how old were we when that was teenage years, right? Um, I think I was maybe like maybe like ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Went to see Saving yeah, Private it's, it's Ryan. It's a very interesting movie to see. In theaters. Yeah, to this uh, day, I'm still like Yeah, that's a what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we Why? watching this of all movies? This is depressing. Um It was slow. It was yeah, it, it, it was very, uh I'm just like, yo. Yeah, yeah. I don't care that they stormed Normandy. Yikes. Uh, but there's a lot of action. There's a lot of action. It was a lot of action. Maybe just not appropriate for me at that Yeah, I don't, I don't think they had a... That did not set you on the right path. No, that's yeah, why I'm yeah, here yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for that movie... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely knocked you I'd off I'd be course. working for Google. <laughs> you created Google. Yeah, you, you would have probably created Google in that case. Uh, so, could have been coding yeah, while I was watching that movie. <laughs> Um, one of the movies I don't think this is my first movie although I do remember seeing Amistad I think that was one of the first movies I, I, I remember seeing in theaters but maybe even way earlier than that one of the first movies I truly do remember seeing in the theaters very weird movie to see in theaters with your mother uh, at Hotel the age Rwanda of like, no uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Waiting to Exhale I saw Waiting to Exhale holy shit in the theaters with my mother you was probably like Niggas ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and set that kid. This dude's car on fire. You go ahead and set that. that dude's fucking around with you. You get him. Yeah, powerful movie. Though. Yeah, yeah, very powerful movie. But it was a very strange movie to see with your mother because there were more than one sex scene in in, yeah. in, uh, in said uh, movie. Uh, and that's as a child, that's deeply uncomfortable because you yeah. don't even you don't even understand what you're watching. Let alone you watching it with like it's just something you and your friends. Oh my god, are we talking about sex? Ooh, yeah. even and then now, watching if I'm fucking, watching a movie that has a sex scene, yeah, and my mom's there, I'm just like, no, yeah, this no, is, no, this is the worst. This is odd. Yeah, don't like. Doesn't it feel like like the the, the vibe in the room feels weird because yeah. it feels like, uh, what do I do? You do can't watch forward? Game of Thrones <laughs> with your mom. All the times that they fuck in that show, you can't watch it. Th- that Kyle Drogo scene where he where he's with um. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen you can't watch that because yeah. he beats it down yeah yeah <laughs> he beats it down you can't watch that with mom 
<laughs> yeah, it's a very like. What do you think? I I don't even want to fucking know. Why did I even say that? I, I was gonna say, what do you think is going through their mind at the time? Because that's that's a weird thing to be seeing with your fucking with your child, with your kid. Yeah, yeah. Let's watch these two go at it furiously. <laughs> like, no, I know I me. I would be like, oh, that's how uh, that's how we got here. <laughs> I could have put you on your mother's lower back or stomach, but thank me later. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So, uh, so all that to say, Glass comes out this week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we got there, but Glass comes out this week. Uh, Bruce Willis, in my eyes, can do no wrong. Um, uh, he certainly can. Uh, I, he's come out with so many movies that are just the worst. All phenomenal. I, I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you're on right now, but clearly it's something Well, strong. so, you know, I don't expect a DiCaprio performance or, a, you know, Morgan no, Freeman no, no, performance no, no, from nobody's Bruce asking, Willis. Nobody's asking, first of all, you get the same Bruce Willis in every movie. So that, that's, that's, that's the first thing. That's what makes it so great. No, that's not what makes it so great. Uh, because I don't want to be fucking, see, like, what do you, if, if he was in uh, Sleeping in Seattle or Sleepless in Seattle, do I want the same John fucking McLean to, to, to start? No, I want you to fucking actually act uh and and change your vibe up um but uh he's come up with so many movies that the plots are just dumb like so for instance he came out with death wish right death wish is, is essentially just fucking um uh uh what's the movie? die hard that's essentially what death wish is it's like why why make this no no it's not <laughs> I get what you're trying to do here, okay? You're trying to throw a blanket over everything and, and paint it all as one. Because it is all no, as no. one. What do you Death mean? Death Wish and Die Hard are not at all the same thing. Just because... Did you watch the latest Death Wish yeah, movie? Yeah. Okay. And Good. And I liked did. it. Now, again, it wasn't Oscar worthy. a serious conversation with but you about this. But it this was... Is... I mean, have you seen the uh, the original Charles Bronson? Of course. Bronson yes. Death? Then you Classic. Knew, then you knew what to expect when you're watching this movie. You don't have obscene expectations from a Bruce Willis um, no, Death no, no, Wish no. movie. Here, here, here's where we're t- saying two different things, right? I think, yeah, one, uh, one. I do want to see other things from Bruce Willis other than him just squinting his eyes at the fucking screen for, <laughs> for two and a half <laughs> he hours. He does have the best squint in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, and saying one-liners like, you be kaya, motherfucker. Like, I don't, I don't want to... He does I, have I, good one-liners. I, I don't really want to listen or, or, or just get that. Like, give me some, some other shit. But then on top of that, the roles that he takes, the movies that he takes, they're not, they're all the same fucking movie. They're all just fucking uh, uh, lesser diehards. That's it. That's that's the only thing he does now. Go go and look at fucking the Rolodex of uh, uh, Except for Bruce Glass. Wilson's. Okay. This is not. It's the same. Well, okay. No. It's, it's not the same, but still, it's it's the one thing that's different, but at the same time, he plays the same guy. What what same guy? No, this is like on a, any other character. That Are you played. trying to tell me his character in uh, Glass isn't called John McCain? Are, is that what you're trying to propose to me right now? That his name in the movie isn't John McClane? Is it? No, <laughs> it's, it's not, not. Fucking John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> this, this character is very different from John McClane. It's not the same. You know, this is very different than anything Bruce Willis has played. And obviously he's... Um, you know, this is just a continuation of the character he's played in a, a yeah, previous it's movie. Literally a continuation of a different character or the same character that he's so played. So is he supposed movie. to play a completely different character? No, I'm in saying a movie that's a continuation. Select different roles. Like he's not it's I, again it's the part three of this continuation. What do you mean oh, is it? select a different role? I'm saying I'm tired of seeing the same shit from 
But this isn't the same Results. shit. He's, this isn't this a isn't shoot 'em up shit. John McClane movie. Uh, Die it's, Hard. Movie. Okay, it's the one thing that's venturing outside of that. But again, so what you're saying is yeah. in a continuation, which that is this film Glass, is a continuation of Unbreakable and Split. Now we're at we've arrived at Glass. Yeah, you're saying choose a different role, <laughs> play a different character. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that you, makes no yeah. sense. Have you ever been arguing with somebody and midway through, you don't even care anymore, but you're just trying to keep it going because you're trying to save face? Is that what happened? Because I have no idea what I you... don't care about this anymore. Now, right? his next movie, yeah. and which I think is uh, McLean. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's scheduled to come out this year. Yes, we can pick this conversation up then. No, no, no. But I'm not even talking about... Okay, you can say Unbreakable is the one that is... Uh, not only Unbreakable, but then Glass are the two movies that are showing him in a different light, right? I'm not even really buying into that, but let's say for argument's sake, you're correct, right? Bruce Willis has come out with like 90 movies in the last like three years, right? All of them are essentially the same movie. He's some detective that's looking for somebody and doing something and he uh, squints at the fucking camera. That's it. That's all he ever so, fucking does. I will give you that. Bruce Willis has made a very long career of playing effectively three to four characters yeah if no that, just if one okay two if you count the unbreakable series i'll give him two or three characters he's, he's either like a <laughs> he's, but uh, he's come out with eight thousand old movies washed up cop yeah you know a dad who has to seek revenge on <laughs> people who hurt his kids uh yeah. and then there's like the occasional unbreakable or no there's just the one the, the thing. sixth sense <laughs> Or, um, no, but in the sixth sense, was he a detective? I don't know what he was. He was like a PI, I think. In, in uh, I think the sixth he, sense. didn't he come home and someone was fucking his wife? Yeah, that, that doesn't mean him. that he wasn't a PI. Like, what is that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Means. I thought he was just a guy who came home somebody was fucking his wife. <laughs> I, I don't think they gave his profession. In they his, did. They did they? He was either a psychologist or he was. A I PI. think it was a psychologist. It was a Bam. psychologist. He had his PhD in that movie. So <laughs> yes, de- defeats your entire argument. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in in only M Night Shyamalan movies is he something different than fucking John McClane? He plays two or three characters okay. very well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but again, that that's kind of that's what I want from now. If he plays a different character altogether, fantastic. But when I hear Bruce Willis is doing a movie, mm-hmm. bam! I know what I'm going to get for the most part. Fair enough. Run and gun, shoot him up, bang, bang, boom, boom, squint, one liner, <laughs> entertainment. Uh, I, well, if that does, if that's what does it for you, then I guess that's what does well, it If for I you. go to Starbucks and I order uh, a grande Americano, I don't want something different every time. I don't but, want a different taste. I want a grande Americano, right? <laughs> that's what Bruce Willis is. He's the grande Americano of of, of film. Uh, okay. He's right. grande. He's yeah. big. Well, he's not big, but he's Can an old white man. Stop talking old white American Bruce man. Bruce Willis's penis size. I, I'd appreciate it if you stopped talking. About uh, that. I forget who said it. Uh, it was some some actress. It was like it was either the um, the uh, Comedy Central roast of Bruce Willis, or is that some award show where they're talking about how? Um, and I'm pretty sure it was aimed at Bruce Willis, where they're talking about how uh, Hollywood continues to uh, uh, reward white men for mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I'm pretty sure they were talking about Bruce Willis's career. Yeah, which is just that. It's I mean, that's pretty. Movies, and yeah, he's, yeah. He just keeps getting them. He just keeps getting them. <laughs> I mean, that's the argument that I'm trying to make, but uh, you know, don't mind me. Uh, okay, so let, let's move off the access. Uh, Glass comes out this week. Uh, uh, go see it. Don't see it. I don't give a shit. Uh, all right, let's let's jump into some news here. Uh, so we had The Rock making some waves this past weekend. Uh, he was talking about um, uh, apparently there was some interview that uh, supposedly took place uh, where he basically says, uh, you know, he calls the the millennials uh, the snowflake generation, uh, and then you know essentially he's uh, uh, rap dissing uh, fucking millennials or some shit. And then he comes out. He posts the he posts a video basically saying, "This is not me. I am the Rock." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> to all my fans out there, it's, uh, the, the the seven million of you watching, <laughs> it's uh, it's me, the Rock. I didn't say that. You know how he I talks. Think that's literally, he how always he does it. the. Uh, you know, the, the, he always has the laugh. It's, it's the, like the people's yeah. the people's arm that's always moving. The big yeah, obnoxious yeah. smile, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then. You know, not like a normal person where he's like, you know, thank you, everyone out there. He's like, my fans. Like, yeah. You know, I know you are my fan, <laughs> and I want to tell you, my fan, that I didn't say that. Like, yeah. dude, you don't have to talk to me like that. <laughs> because I watched a few of your yeah. movies. I'm not your fan. Uh, I just like to feel your movies, asshole. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's putting this out, and I think it's because he knows that millennials are the ones who, who are going to go see his movie. Uh, they're the ones who are going to go see, you know, uh, was it the jungle? What is it? Uh, Jumanji. Jumanji. Uh, yeah. They're going to go see Jumanji. See yeah. Uh, now, granted, I, I do like a lot of the movies he's done. Um, he do also you, does a lot of shit, too. Do, what I, is the last rock movie that you actually like? Uh, that I liked? Yeah. I liked him in um the, the Fast and Furious movies in, in the last, like, three that he was in. Hobbs is a dope character. He plays that character well. Um, outside of that, I did like him in the. Uh, it wasn't the rundown because that was the one with Sean. <laughs> that was Scott. first of all. That was fifteen years ago. Uh, it, it was called Fast. That was also about ten to fifteen years ago. Other than that, uh, I did see Rampage recently, which was yeah, left a lot to be desired. It, it was just bad acting <laughs> all around. Um, but it, you know. Yeah. I don't think he's doing it for um, the the passion. <laughs> I don't think he's doing it for the art of film. Oh, yeah. He's getting a lot of fucking money yeah. to play these very simple characters, which are very much just like who he is in real life, right? Big, lovable guy who's just happens to be three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> well, he doesn't just happen. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of injections that I'm sure go a long way in making that happen. Uh, but, uh, okay. So he makes this apology or not even apology, but he basically just sets the record straight that it wasn't him. The, the interview literally never took place is what he, he says. Uh, so I found this interesting on multiple fronts. First, um, I don't think the rock is what, how old he's like, he's gotta uh, be pushing like 50 40. something. Yeah, I think it was like 40 something. He's gotta be pushing 50 something. Cause he was like 20 something during the whole attitude era of the WWE which was what he's he's between what, 40 and 50 yeah okay so between 40 and 50 um and he's only increased in size in that he will eventually turn into just a mountain he's start off as a rock <laughs> <laughs> then he's just gonna get bigger and bigger he's just is gonna that gonna be, be his new name he's, he's just, just gonna be like I, for henceforth henceforth 
I shall be known as the mountain. Yeah, he, Wait, I think he's it? actually going to just <laughs> become a mountain. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, I don't know where the limit is. Like, where 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 are we drawing the limit, Rock? Where at what size do we just be like, Rock? I you can't fit through doorways anymore. Just chill, dude. Like, I I don't think this is necessary. We're, no, let, we're still going to cut you the same check. Just <laughs> you don't need to get any bigger. Now I want to see how big that guy can get. Just, <laughs> who wipes his ass? He can't right. do it himself. <laughs> who like? I mean, that person probably gets probably makes more than I do. Would you wipe well, his ass? Make three figures for yeah. ninety k or six a year. figures. One hundred and twenty-five k yeah. a year. Would you wipe his ass? <laughs> would I wipe the fuck? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> you know what? People, are, oh, you wipe his ass. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm a yeah. homeowner. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't rent. Also, <laughs> I don't I, lease. I have an I Aston own. Martin outside. Yeah. So for an ass wiper, I think I'm doing okay. Paper yeah. tags. <laughs> okay. And we use three ply. Okay. So it's not even the two ply <laughs> shit. <Yeah>. Charmin double <laughs> quilted. No, you have to wipe the rock's ass with like a beach towel. <laughs> I'm not taking any chances. Oh, shit. Okay. Secondly. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> I'm uh, so the 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 other reason why I found the uh this whole situation interesting was because for somebody to have a goal to simply just fabricate an entire interview with one of the if not the biggest star in America in Hollywood right now, you have to have some goalness. You have to have testicular fortitude to be able to do that because of course he's going to see it and then say that did not happen. And then of course he's going to take legal action because that's just, you're, you're just making up a fucking interview attributing words to him that he never said. So what, like, yeah. Like what are you, what was to gain from that? Um, I don't know. I do want to hear more about this. Like what for whoever made up that story, whatever, you know, uh, writer or journalist. Yeah, I, I or wish I had it right. Well, actually, I do have it. You know, whoever made that story up, like what was to gain from this? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe the, the publicity was worth whatever legal action is going to be taken next. Um, and then the, the, the revenue they generate from this, uh, that fake news will offset whatever legal fees that they have on the back end. Uh, if that was their goal, then, you know, good job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was a, um, this was a, a UK's daily star. Is there who, uh, that's who, uh, put out this, uh, this information apparently. Um, yeah, I guess you would need some sort of, um, you, you need some sort of ammunition if you're the UK daily star. Yeah. You, I mean, you need something to set you apart from the pack. If if whatever this stunt was right, if if it increased traffic to the website, if it increased sales marginally, um, if it increased like your just general awareness or people's general awareness of your publication, and let's say you can attribute two hundred thousand dollars of new um, income to that, right? And then on the back end, he takes legal action. Uh, you got to pay the lawyers you have on retainer and. It, ultimately cost you $50,000 then you know hey 
you got $150,000 in, in new revenue and in, in new viewership, new customers, new followers on social media. But it's, it, it but it's like people can't take you seriously, though. Yeah, I mean, then you got to you got to calculate that, too. Right. Um, how much do you value? Like, hey, you come to us for like real information versus we just want you to come to us real fake. We're not really going to authenticate the shit we put out. We just want to put out entertaining shit. It's kind of like Esquire. Those Oh, like Donald Trump is an alien and mm. uh, you know, those magazines who put out these crazy stories, mm-hmm. they still surprisingly get a lot of traffic, right? Yeah. Maybe that's I, what they who, want. I, I've always wondered. Well, okay. And, and sometimes too, some of them are propped up by like donor money, right? Like that it's not just that the fact that they're getting in certain people who are hooked to their shit. It's that they're being propped up by different sources of revenue. Yeah. Or, or not even revenue, but uh, call it donations or whatever you want to call it. Like, this isn't the same sort of example, but it's something similar where, you know, the Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos. If Jeff Bezos, Bezos wants to run a story that, hey. Why the fuck do you say his name like that? It's Bezos? one E. Bezos. Jeff Bezos. I don't give a shit. Richest man in the world. Fuck him. Not, not, maybe not anymore. He might not be the richest man. In, in the his wife. His wife. <laughs> well, his wife might be richer than him, too. <laughs> richest woman in the world. Yo. What, like, sorry, I'm going to, I was just going to, I was just going to ask, like, what is she, no, she's been rich for a long time. When you're fucking the richest man in the world, you are, too. Like, what do you do? In terms of what? Yo, I'm about to shoot my shot at her and just see what happens. <laughs> hey, what's up? You know, I just just message. I'm about send, to just I'm about to just DM her real send quick. Send her like, that shit on LinkedIn. Like, what's up? So, how's what's it up? going? Hey, big head. <laughs> Yo, what if she wrote back, dog? I'm in there. I'm in there. I'm. It's I'm, like Dave Chappelle and uh and Oprah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I would love that. Whoever bags her next yeah, is yeah. like, oh yeah, you're holy you're, shit, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get with the boys, you're like, yeah, yeah. you won't believe <laughs> who I fucked last night. Like John, aren't you married? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She'll take one for the team. Take a wild guess. <laughs> she used to be married to this guy named Jeff. Um, but continue. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck I was saying anymore. Um, yeah, but uh, you you really do have to like. You know, I, I, I'm confused by like what the goal of this shit was. And I guess you, what you were saying was like, you know, you, if you compare it to like Esquire or like National Enquirer or, or one of these fucking crazy ass publications uh, that they always have some crazy shit running. But I just don't I don't understand what the end game is, because it's like like if you're trying to be considered a, a even remotely. Uh, Some uh, men just want to see the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah. I, you know, I think maybe their goal was just to, you know, hey, let's just throw some shit up in the air yeah, and see what sticks. Yeah, yes, yeah, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Let's get the Rock apologizing on social media because of something we did. Yeah. Like, let's see what we can do to the biggest celebrity. Do you really want the Rock the on your case? Though that doesn't seem like you want to pick a fight. with I don't that. think he's actually going to do anything. Okay. When the rock comes in and fucking gives the you know, fucking rock bottom and uh, the people's elbow to you, I don't think he's as tough of a guy as he like plays in the movies. I mean, of course not, but still, does it? Do you? I think you want to, you know, see if you can go two rounds with the rock. No, but you don't know. I I think somebody like who's relatively his size, like a six foot, you know, two hundred fifty plus pound person. I feel like 
if Liam Neeson punched The Rock in the <laughs> face, I don't think The Rock would do much. Because The Rock doesn't have to do much. Or, or if, if Dave Batista, right? He's pretty fucking big, that guy. I don't know if he's as big as The Rock, but they're both like big, jacked, solid guys. Mm-hmm. If he punched The Rock in the face, I don't think The Rock would throw hands with him. I think he'd probably sue him. No. Do I make a that's... video on Instagram. Ha! <laughs> Dave, you got me, brother. <laughs> you you socked me one. I should have saw it coming. I, I didn't see it coming. You know what? <laughs> you win. Okay. Um I'm gonna take the higher road. All my fans, yeah. that's what they want from me. Yeah. Sean Hobbs coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what would happen. Movie plug. Exactly. Um, it's always just a plug. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I, I, I would never tempt uh fate when it comes to the rock because uh I would fight him for the fuck is for like fucking hundred K. I'd fight him for fifty I'd fight him for five thousand dollars, to be honest. Like is there anything you won't do for <laughs> for three figures? Very few things. Or six why do I keep saying three figures? I don't uh, know. Six figures, yeah. Very few things. <laughs> You you wipe the rock's ass, catch you, a murder you case, punch him. Like, is there? There's nothing you wouldn't do. Would you do a year in prison for a million dollars? No, like actual prison, or do I get like the fucking Martha Stewart prison? Um, you get a mid level security prison, not with like hardened murderers, okay. motherfuckers on death row, but yeah. other criminals. Ooh. That's enticing. A year. Damn, I wouldn't come out the same person, though, dude. Yeah, you'd come out a very (laughs) financially well-off person. (laughs) Uh, That's a very interesting question. I think I I would. If If it's not, like, in maximum security, I'm there with the fucking, you know, this is fucking Alcatraz we're talking about. Yeah, you're not a... Get Rikers Mo. Island, Gitmo? yeah. Guantanamo, Guant- Get Gitmo, yeah. Isn't that what call it? Gitmo, yeah, Guantanamo Bay, yeah. Okay, yeah. um, yeah. I don't want to be at fucking Rikers Island or some shit. Um, fuck yeah, I would do that. A milli, people spend a year at a job they hate <laughs> for seventy thousand a year. Yeah, but this is like Michael Scott trying to like convince people that jail is the same as or uh or how people are saying in the office like. Uh, work is pretty much the same as jail, except it's you get some television time, you get outdoors time in jail, and Michael is running around the entire fucking episode trying to convince him. No, it's worse. And then that's when he came out with uh, Prison Mike. Please tell me you saw that episode of The Office. I feel like oh, I, I definitely I remember it, but I I don't remember. I don't it even like trust that. you. Anymore, but you know dude. what? That it's kind of what's going on now, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are working for free and they have to do it. Um, yeah. You know, with this whole government shutdown thing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's still going on. Uh, day 3000. I'm sure every government employee shutdown. right now is like, yes, I would <laughs> go to jail for a year for that meal because <laughs> I'm not being paid right now and I've got to be up at 6 a.m. <laughs> no, but like, look, man, people just stop showing up. They're not even showing up for work. And they're like, man, fuck well, it. Well, no, so some government. And I can't even blame them. Some government employees. Are um, essential, and, yeah. And, you know, those essential employees or those mission critical employees or, mm-hmm. you know, however the fuck furlough works. They still have to go to work, and they no. But that's just it. Some of them are essential, mm-hmm. and then they're still like, "Man, fuck this shit! I ain't showing up." So, but you know what happens though? Um, because yeah. I've I have a friend who works for one of the, um, uh, I think the DOD, right? So her job is considered uh, mission critical, right? Mm-hmm. And she has to. She's not getting paid, but she still has to show up, mm-hmm. and she can't call out. 
because if she does like if she calls in sick like most most jobs if you call in sick some require a doctor's note some don't if she doesn't call in sick that it's absolutely mandatory that she submits a doctor's note and if she doesn't then they'll just you you just can't come back to work even when the government reopens you can't come you just lose your job and it, it's I mean, not that, like that, that 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 very literally is slavery then yeah it's also in the contract but yeah man fuck that what do you no like that that sounds idiotic it's like, like a, a franchise so, tag so so you tell <laughs> so so you're telling me that i can't go fucking work some uber or like you know fucking do task rabbit or some shit if if you're not paying me for this dumbass shutdown like i still have to show up and not get paid and waste my opportunity getting paid to do something else that's come on yeah get the fuck out of here no basically take this job and now now here's the thing some of the government employees during the shutdown right they're going to be paid for this time um so they're going to be back like back paid some Um, aren't some aren't you're just fucked and like they just missed their first check last week utter nonsense yo i'd be heated that's utter nonsense start selling dope (laughs) get these packs off Uh, no you gotta go to work sorry you're essential sell dope (laughs) at the dod (laughs) Hey, uh, Lieutenant, you want this? You got this pack. You your, you need what was that dude? What did that dude say to you? Uh, we uh, say you with that fire. Um, I, I got them pills. He said, I got that. You uh, say, I got that jet fuel. Got them pills. Got them deals. Yo, I would be in the cafeteria. Like, got that loud. Got that loud. I'm like, sir, we are at the Department of Defense. <laughs> this is a government building. Got, I got that loud. <laughs> I got that. Okay, five. let me get a let me get sixty dollars worth. <laughs> what does that give me? <laughs> oh, hey, fuck. but so there's one thing I want to talk about. Um, yeah, this motherfucker Travis Scott. Now, okay. I don't. Uh, so talented, talented uh, musician and, oh, and producer. Okay, this whole uh, Super Bowl thing. Yeah. So, and I'll make this quick. Uh, I don't yeah. want to spend too much time on it. So, I've heard him talk before, like doing interviews dumbest motherfucker i've i've really i've he actually struck strikes me as one of the more intelligent of this sort of new generation no no very very um it was hard to listen to him talk it's like you know it's a lot of um um you know um um you know like it's a lot of that (laughs) yeah okay so i was listening to his interview and i was like fuck i never want to hear this guy uh in another interview but sicko mode is definitely one of the songs (laughs) of the year right so i'm like make beats nigga (laughs) but um so and then he signed on to do the super bowl and a lot of people questioned it like yeah you know the super bowl is obviously blackballed kaepernick and this is not an organization that you know truly respects african-american men and 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 you know is is on board with social justice in the way that they should be they've gone out of their way to keep cap out of the league right Mm -hmm. um so why is he taking the why why is he doing the super bowl so i felt two ways about it initially i was like you know he's just they got him Mm -hmm. they asked him to do it he's he doesn't know why he's doing it he's just doing it because cardi b dropped out or, you know, maybe he has a plan. Maybe there's there's a reason why he's doing it. It's maybe because he's going to be one of the biggest hip-hop artists to ever do the Super Bowl, which is good for hip-hop. It's good for the music in the moment, right? And it's in Atlanta. They should have uh, a hip-hop artist performing at a Super Bowl in Atlanta, one of, like, the is central he, hubs for hip-hop. Well, he's from Houston, <laughs> but the Super Bowl is in Atlanta, 
and they should have at least one hip hop artist on the performance, right? Sure. And then I find out about this thing where he, uh, part of his contract in doing the Super Bowl was that yeah. the NFL donate $500,000 to, you know, a charity that yeah. uh, is for social justice, right? Sure. So I like that, but I want to know more about how that money is going to be donated, where, to who, blah, 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 right? Because, for example, Malcolm Jenkins, the cornerback, or I think he's the safety for the, for the Eagles, he took a deal with the NFL um, so that players would stop protesting, right? I think he was part of like the NFL Players Union or something like that to get NFL players to stop kneeling, stop protesting. And a part of that deal was that the NFL would donate like $90 million to um, to different charities, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But a part of none of that says when the NFL has to do it, how they have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really say if they actually have to do it. It was just like, Hey, we'll donate some money if you got if you take this deal, and then he did it, and he was criticized for that. So, with Travis Scott, I hope he and his team are gonna really see this through. Make sure that five hundred thousand dollars is paid out to organizations that are actually going to be effective in uh, bringing awareness to social justice. Yeah, no. Other, otherwise, he's a fucking clown. Well, I, I think this whole thing's stupid, and let me explain why. One. Um, whether they donate, don't 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 donate, whatever. Who gives a shit? And, and the reason I'm saying that is because the NFL understands what they're doing. Meaning that if they donate five hundred thousand dollars, what the fuck is that to the NFL? That 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 literally is not even enough to keep the lights in the fucking stadium on. Well, it's not about what it means to the NFL. I understand it's what about, it means. That is a massive NFL. amount of money. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is. Think about what that ultimately means, though, right? Having Travis Scott on the screen, you have a black uh, uh, entertainer on the screen saying, hey, even though the NFL isn't supporting Kaepernick, I'm still going to be on that stage dancing and singing, right? Yeah. Um, That speaks louder than that $500,000 because that $500,000 is going to very specific people and it's going to help certain people out. Right. But those are very specific people. And that's very, and you could argue, okay, sure. One life is more than, you know, all the eyes that are glued to the TV. That that's more than that's worth. If that helps out even with just one, you know, person dealing with some sort of social justice uh, issue. My argument is no, that's not the case because it's about what people see. It's what it represents. It's just like how people for the longest time, they say, okay, we want representation as far as black superheroes. Then they got black Panther. Every, the whole world fucking lost their mind with black Panther. Now suddenly all black kids can think, Oh my God, like we never had representation when it comes to black superheroes and or, or superheroes. And now we have a black superhero in, in T'Challa. Um, that means something that means more than that. Fucking whatever that five hundred thousand dollars do that means more to us as a society than that five hundred thousand dollars. The NFL fucking knows that. They know that as long as they get him up on a stage, they get exactly what they want. And for them, it's a small price to pay compared to what they would have to pay if they can't get a single black entertainer to come to the fucking Super Bowl in Atlanta. Yeah, that would be stunning. I think. Um yeah, and, and the, which is why a lot of people are still questioning Travis Scott's decision. It's like, you know, great, you know, you got them to 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 donate five hundred thousand, but you performing 
It's giving it's, them it, exactly it's so much, what they want. It's so much bigger than that money, yeah. right? Because Travis Scott could donate five hundred thousand dollars, exactly. and that would be nothing to him yeah. as well. All the people um, who fucking turn down the fucking Super Bowl could. I'm sure they can give way more than fucking yeah, Jay Z, Beyonce, which they have. Um, yeah. uh, Cardi B turned it down. Exactly. T- and like now, and then there's the other side to it, right? If Travis Scott didn't do it, they would have. Let's say they weren't able to get any black entertainer, they would have just gone out and got Bruno some. Mars. Say, <laughs> yeah, Bruno Mars. <laughs> they would have gone out and got somebody to, to pair with Maroon Five, and they would have. They're gonna have the Super Bowl halftime performance anyway, and then no, no, of course, but the, and then they uh, wouldn't have donated any money, and that five hundred thousand dollars wouldn't be going to any charity. But the, the, the I wish Travis Scott were to say, "You've got to donate to Colin Kaepernick's charity." Oh, that would be Ooh, something. That'd, that'd be, be something. A, mm, that'd be. be like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no, nigga, get out of office. <laughs> you can't be coming in making demands God all damn. fucking smart like God that. Damn sicko mode. <laughs> um, that would have been very interesting, and that would have been an interesting. And I wonder thing, yeah. what his wardrobe choice is going to be. I would love to see if him he came out wear a cap jersey. A Colin Kaepernick nah, jersey. That, to me, that's that's. I mean, okay. You know, I mean, uh, but but if but you're he, gonna do the show, right, right? I would I would love to see that. But here's also where I stand too, is for all the people who are boycotting the NFL, right? All the the uh, entertainers, right, or that that are boycotting the NFL. Interesting, right? Because hmm, the black athletes that are currently still in the league, it's it's like, what are we? Like, what are you saying to them? Should they not be playing in the NFL then? Like, should they feel like shit for playing in the NFL? Because if you're saying, hey, we're boycotting because they're not uh, letting Cat play, then what of the at literally the athletes who are going to be putting their bodies on the line that Super Bowl Sunday? Should they be in the NFL? Now, so here, here are my thoughts about it, right? Like, if you're an athlete, you know, you didn't work your entire life to arrive at this stage just to give it up for, um, you know, the sake of, of one player. Now, Colin Kaepernick's mission and his purpose and his message is very big. Um, I think those active players can support him while still playing, um, in the NFL. Right. But can they in any true and significant way, if they're still beholden to the people who are blackballing Kaepernick himself? Well, the NFL, right. You know, being a professional athlete and I forget, which player said it, but, uh, you know, it was actually Tim Tebow, right? Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow said being an NF- NFL player hope. is a, it's a big part of my life, but it's not my life. It's a platform that I'm going to use to do more good. Right. Yeah. So these NFL players who are making millions of dollars and on these very large stages while playing in the NFL, even though the NFL is blackballing, um, Colin Kaepernick, they can still use their platform to do a lot of good outside of the NFL. So I think the, the two can live, uh, in the same space and time. It's unfortunate, but it can work. Right. Um, but I do think the artists who are saying, no, I'm not going to perform at the Super Bowl, Like, you know, I, I love the fact that they're like, no, I'm not going to, you know, run, come and dance on your stage to f- cast an even bigger shadow over what you guys are doing. I'm not going to play a part in it. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I want to learn a little bit more about this whole Travis Scott thing, this $500,000. Like did, did he have charities in mind where he's like, I need you to donate to these specific charities or was it just, hey, if you donate to charity, uh, you know, I'll perform. And the NFL was like, 
Sure, thumbs up. <laughs> uh, sign right there. That's exactly. And then they're gonna run and donate to no, no. But my Boy Scouts of America. My ar- <laughs> my argument is that sure they they have no reason to welch on that on that deal, right? Five hundred thousand dollars to them is what fifty cents would be to you and me, and that it's so insignificant that like why wouldn't I just to just to appease you. If you said, "Hey, can you donate fifty cents to whatever you know charity you you know uh, or, or yeah," but I don't think cost. anyone's concerned with what it means to the NFL. We know it means nothing to them. So no, but but that's but that's what I'm saying is is like they have no reason to welch on that then yeah. because it's like like why would they cause themselves even more of a headache if that were to leak out saying, "Hey, this thing that they said they were going to do, they didn't even do." Yeah, it's no, like, no, no, they're they're definitely going to do it. It's it's who Robert Kraft wipes to. his ass with five hundred thousand dollars. I feel like he'd be like, just give him the fucking five hundred k. Let's yeah. move on. But again, I think it's it's who they donate to, right? Like they yeah. could donate to charities that. Now, if know. they didn't do that, then yeah, then clearly the NFL is just racist. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know. Like, I think there's just more. There's a lot more to learn from um, th- th- this whole contract that um, you know the NFL has with Travis Scott. Yeah. Th- the bigger thing is Big Boy um, from Outcast has also agreed to perform. Oh, at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Well, Which, then they got their Atlanta. Yeah, they got that, their. Atlanta that's artists. literally the only person that they actually really needed. Yeah, but uh, you know they don't even need Travis Scott now. Travis Scott's expendable. But hey, so Travis. But you know, th- so it's going to oh, be Maroon Five. Is gonna rock, yeah, gonna but no, then Drake has to be there, right? Unless is he just Drake performs his part. No, Drake wouldn't be there. He's not that far. No, Drake's not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. And he could just do the first half of Sickle Mode. But you, everybody really likes Sickle Mode for Drake's <laughs> part. Um, but anyway, uh, Travis Scott. Now right. everyone's wondering what the fuck. What is Big Boy doing? Like, why? Why are you doing it? Yeah, that's really interesting. He, he's like, not at this point. He's not at a point in his career where he needs to, um, or maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe he needs to pay a couple bills down. Outcast. You don't maybe, need to do this shit. Yeah. Uh, maybe those residuals aren't hitting. As, and I, I think uh, him doing it, being an Atlanta artist, yeah. is even more of what the NFL. No, but that's was. what I'm saying. That's why I don't. I personally don't think they really even need Travis Scott anymore because it's like, oh, you've got. You're although it's like what has Big Boy come out recently? He's not really like a he's sexy he's a rap legend now. from Atlanta. He is, but fucking people living in Wisconsin watching the fucking Super Bowl, like, what the fuck is this? Who's this guy? Yeah. Anyway, um, that 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 was. Uh, but because like Kylie Jenner, they're definitely gonna know who fuck Travis Scott. Travis Scott is, is yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ford always, always Ford. <laughs> I got, you got it. it right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let, let's talk about some things here. Um, okay, uh, one of the main things I did want to talk about, um, I want to have a new segment, and I want it to be uh, uh, a debate. I don't have a specific name for it yet. I will eventually come up with a clever name for it. Uh, but we're going to pick an issue, and we are going to debate it. We're going to take either side of the issue, and we're going to de- debate it back and forth. Now, tonight, what we're going to debate is is there any other superhero movie better than the dark knight mm. okay mm. first what, of all what side of it do you want to take i'm i'm going to take the yes there is side wow wow wait a just, just, cop out just just for the uh just for the hell okay. of it i'll take the harder side okay i can do it no i think the i think the easier side is no I think you have to have a. Oh, you said yeah. Wait, yeah, I got confused. Yeah, I'm gonna take the side that there is a better super movie, oh. superhero movie okay. than The Dark Knight. Fair enough. Okay. Um, what that is, I don't know yet. All but right, I, ding it's ding, come to me. Let's go. <laughs> All right. 
So um, uh, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, so for one, I, I will point to the fact that uh, there is no, uh, uh, there, there is no nothing more flattering than imitation. And that's when you know you've made something of significance and importance when um, you're imitated. And The Dark Knight was such a great movie. Forget just a superhero movie. Such a great movie that it changed cinema in and of itself. Right. It didn't just change the superhero genre. It changed cinema. Now, if you want to just go singularly to the superhero uh, uh, um, uh, genre, um, before The Dark Knight, you had what? (laughs) Uh, Superman Returns. Uh, you had uh, the the previous Batman movies, uh, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Uh, you you had uh, uh, a couple of uh, Spider Man movies before then. Um, you had Blade. You had what else? Uh, what else are we looking at here? Um, the, the whole Superman series in and of itself. Uh, you had those to sort of look at. Uh, as well as you had a couple of Fantastic Four movies in there that uh, I'm sure they uh, 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 now truly do regret. Um, but the entire world stopped when The Dark Knight came out. And it was because of two reasons specifically. The fact that it was the first time a script like that had ever been written for a superhero movie and to be put through that lens, thanks to Christopher Nolan's, but then also the performance of Heath Ledger as the Joker changed the way villains are portrayed in superhero movies. Suddenly, it wasn't enough that you just were a mad person trying to take over the world. Now you have to actually be about some shit. Now you actually have to have some sort of justification for why you're trying to do all this crazy shit. Um, and that's what the Joker gave us in, in the Dark Knight. Um, that would be felt even as we speak to the main villain in one of the biggest superhero movies ever, uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War, um, suddenly Thanos comes on the scene and there's a, we feel empathy for Thanos because it's like, damn, he's kind of got a point, you know, there is, you know, there's only so much resources in the the universe and it's going to be a problem eventually. Um, Somebody's going to have to do something. Now, clearly, I'm not in the boat that you have to wipe out half the fucking universe, but that's an argument you can make nonetheless. That's something you can relate to that you can see as an actual problem, right? Um, And he was human in a way, Thanos was. Uh, The Joker allowed for that to be the case, that your, your villain can be very nuanced and should be very nuanced and a direct counterbalance to your heroes. That's the biggest, one of the biggest things that I took out of the dark Knight. And so I say all that to say what I began as, uh, the most, uh, flattering form of, uh, um, uh, uh, of me, you know, uh, of, giving a nod to somebody is imitation that you imitate what comes before because that's the shit that you know works the best i yield so i gotta say that 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 part is bullshit and here's why why 
Christopher Nolan's that Batman, was beautifully, Christopher Nolan's worded. Dark Knight, two that came out in two thousand eight, right? Yeah. The the Thanos's character and his story mm-hmm. originates or was created long before Christopher Nolan's two thousand eight Batman. I mean, how so? Thanos's character was introduced in like what, like the like the sixties or seventies? Are you talking about in comic books? In the comic books? No, and, no, and no, no, no. He, he had the same purpose then when when the character was first introduced. Can I respond? Can I, sure. can I get a quick rebuttal? Uh, so you're you're correct in that he was introduced in the comics, but the Thanos that we know in the uh, the movie Avengers: Infinity War wasn't the same Thanos in the comics. Like if you go back and you read Infinity Gauntlet, he, his motivations for doing what he did, although they are somewhat similar, aren't significantly similar. Um, so uh, the reason why he was trying essentially to wipe out half the universe, the main reason in the comic books was essentially because of Mistress Death. That correct. Uh, that he was essentially trying to appease her, um, which there is no mention of in. And if they put that in a movie, then that would be your typical rubber villain of. Uh, I'm just doing this for pretty much an unrelatable reason. Um, but they decided to give him a relatable reason in that he was, he, in his mind thought he was doing something good for the universe and wiping out half the universe. Um, now the, the smart thing that they did was make that a debate that, so I'll, I'll take it from here and saying that again, Thanos was first introduced in uh, 1973, right? That was his first appearance in in the Marvel cinematic universe. Sure. His purpose then was very much his purpose now. Okay. Uh, and it's it's multifaceted, right? It doesn't just have one face. Yes, he is trying to appease death because he loves her. He's he's courting death, right? Um, but Thanos is also doing this, you know, trying to eliminate half of the uh, population in the universe. He's doing so purposefully. He does feel that the universe is imbalanced, and he does feel that it needs to be balanced. And the only person who has the conviction and the commitment, and dedication to do it is him Mm -hmm. so he he's doing it again to appease death but it's also with great purpose so that's what we saw in infinity war we saw this character who's come here for a reason and who you know his purpose will not be shaken um it was how he was introduced and you know the greatness of the josh brolin who just played him so beautifully which makes this character so likable like you start to throughout the movie understand his purpose and his reason um so again i think that predates uh, it, it absolutely predates the dark knight we're just seeing it in 2017 come to life and come on film uh the dark knight was beautiful but i'm not gonna disrespect the thanos character in the marvel cinematic universe by saying this was inspired by uh christopher nolan's dark knight Mm-hmm. I would say that 2008 was a big year. Mm-hmm. 2008 gave us both the Dark Knight and it gave us Iron Man 1. Yeah. When I look at what was the better movie, while the Dark Knight was massively entertaining, I'm looking at what that movie did for you know, the bigger story, the bigger pictures to be told down the road. So I'm going to go with Iron Man because that singular movie gave us everything that followed it gave us captain america gave us thor it gave us black panther now we're at infinity war and we're we're about to be given end game and that's not truly that's not the end because there's 
Captain Marvel coming. There's so Ant Man. There's so many other Marvel stories that wouldn't. I'm not gonna say it, it wouldn't have happened, but if not for how perfectly that first Iron Man film in 2008, starring Robert Downey Jr., was executed, if not for that, I don't think we would have had everything that we have now from Marvel in the same fashion. I mean, all of the movies. Even the shitty ones, even Iron Man three, <laughs> Thor two, you know, like <laughs> even the ones that weren't so great, have still told a, a greater story that have led us to what we're about to get uh, in Infinity War Endgame, which is the most sought after. Sought after isn't the right word. It, it's like the most. What what is the word? Uh, like. People are waiting on it. There's so much hype. There's so much. Uh, I don't have the fucking word. What is, what I don't is the know. word? The most anticipated I'm movie of all time. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I think Infinity War Endgame gets that title. It's the most anticipated film of all time. Okay. Are so you, I, I go Iron you? Man. Okay. Um, responding to your excellent excellent uh, uh uh analysis there uh that was that was a good position that you took that uh yeah. iron man and dark knight came out the same year and one uh essentially sprawled an entire universe, universe. right the other was a good standalone right i will point your direction uh or your attention to what the question was uh, the debate question at hand was is any superhero movie better than the dark knight right that's not saying is any more and is is any superhero movie more significant in its long-term effect on cinema than the dark knight that's saying if this movie in and of itself was mm. Uh, I don't like what you're doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, this is what I do. This is what I do. I don't like it. Uh, So if we're taking it at at that value, correct? If we're looking at both Iron Man and first of all, I I could point you to box office numbers, which clearly uh, uh, the Dark Knight blows (laughs) uh, Iron Man out of the water when it comes to uh, box office numbers. Um, But I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to go in looking at the movie side by side because I'm actually a pretty big fan of Iron Man. Right? Mm-hmm. If you, you don't have th- to take the long way around this. <laughs> no, no, I want to. I want to. I want to dissect this slowly because we have a press play to get to. <laughs> Dark oh, Knight. Shit, we do have a press play. Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot. Dark Knight um, was the better movie. If yeah. We're, if we're looking at them uh, in well, a singular, I'll, I'll go through it quickly. If you look at cinematography, The Dark Knight's better. If you look at writing, Dark Knight's better. If you look at uh, acting, Dark Knight's better. If you look at, okay, and if you were to even look deep, drill down deeper into acting, the villains. Uh, Joker is one of the most superior villains to en- in cinema. Uh, not just superhero movies, but in cinema, he Keith Ledger put in one of the all-time great roles um, uh, and performances uh, uh, in, in movie history. Um, so there's just no way you're going to break down the fact that Iron Man was a better movie than Dark Knight. It's long-term effects. And then lastly, what I would, the cherry on top is what you're talking about is behind the scenes uh, decision-making, right? Because they could have certainly turned the Dark Knight into 
that something that starts the uh, if they were even remotely smart, that's what it, they would have done. But the reason why they couldn't really do that was because Christopher Nolan basically said, look, I'm only making three of these bad boys and then I'm done. I'm out of here. You yeah. know, um, and he essentially killed any hope of that with the end of uh, Dark Knight Rises. Um, uh, so that's not really speaking to that's speaking to the, the, the genius that is Kevin Feige more than it is speaking to whether Iron Man was superior to the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, so I uh, got you. Yeah. Okay. So it was uh, the better movie. The, the debate <laughs> is won by your boy. You, you won the battle. You uh, did not win the war. I, I kind of won the war. I kind of won, won the war. I, uh, Infinity War. I, okay. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> That's the bigger about? war. It didn't make any sense. But uh, that was a good. That was a good. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, toss that in there subtly. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, it, it, it's that time again. Um, I literally forgot. But uh, <laughs> I got so fucking carried away that so we're uh, probably gonna move through this one quickly, and, yeah, and yeah. I don't think there's like much conversation to be had. But um, we definitely got to talk about Vice. Yeah, we do, and I would uh, queue up the trumpets, but I just got a new phone, and uh, I did not have my sound effects queued up here. Uh, but bam, 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 we've got a new <laughs> press play, uh, and we uh, we're doing on Vice. I know we're a little late on Vice. Uh, came out uh, at the end of uh, 2018, um, but uh, I I really wanted to watch this movie and to analyze it because uh, it, it it really is one of those movies that. Um, uh, it's significant to right now. It's a very important movie to what we're dealing with with our political climate right now. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, Vice essentially tells the story of uh, a one Dick Cheney. Uh, it, it, it goes from early in his life to when he, of course, became the vice president uh, yep. of the uh, Bush uh, and I've uh, got I've got the uh, synopsis here. Sure. The, the story of Dick Cheney, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. Oh, I like the tenacity that you uh, you you really like. You put on your nice speaking yeah, voice for you that. Got, that you was gotta, you got to pause and take a break at the commas, <laughs> and you have to emphasize certain words as you come out of the. Uh, yeah. you know, the, yeah, come out it's, of the it's all about the inflection yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. I, no, I feel you on that okay uh so vice was um uh directed by adam mckay uh and he's done some other great work uh such as uh, uh the big short uh and he's done a lot of things with uh will ferrell uh as well um so i was really excited to see uh this 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 film uh so let's just jump right into it let's get into the plot what do we what do we think about the uh the plot I thought this was uh, very interesting to, uh, I feel like the more we come out of George W. Bush's presidency, um, you know, we're past Obama's presidency and we're, we're obviously in a Donald Trump's presidency. Like I, you kind of start, you're forced to look back at previous presidents just because Donald Trump is so shitty. Like <laughs> we're at the point now where like people are, yo, I, I miss W. I miss George. No, you're crazy. He wasn't too bad. You're insane. (laughs) He fucked up that whole Katrina situation. No, George Bush was a, not only was he stupid, but he's also kind of a monster too. And I think that it's because of Trump why we, just like you said, it's because of Trump why we can look back at him and be like, oh man, I kind of missed W. But he was a monster. Well, it was Dick Cheney. 
who was the George no, George, 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 George is stupid. The 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 no the, the movie betrays him <laughs> as stupid, which he kind of is, but it, he wasn't that dumb. Like no, no, he, he, yeah, he, he he wasn't that yeah. dumb. Um, a lot of it was uh, trying to uh, appease his father, trying to you know fighting his father's the battles that his father didn't win in the Middle East. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, he he was definitely responsible for a lot that happened. Yeah. This movie was really really interesting in telling the story from Dick Cheney's perspective, which you know everyone kind of knew these things that like Dick Cheney was this you know quiet but very dangerous person yeah. um, politically. Um, Vice told it in a beautiful. An entertaining way yeah. that this movie could have been one of those highly political Tinker Tailor Soldier movies, where it's <laughs> just like that? I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's it's like it's kind of boring because it's so you know it, it it's so military, so dense, political, yeah. so secretive. So again, dense is a great word. Um, it could have been that, but they took the entertainment side of it like let's make this funny let's tell this great story um let's drop a lot of really important information um really historical information in a funny humorous way um and i love the way they cut this movie like you know with just some of the uh some of the quick shots that they that they put into the movie which we'll get into as we talk about cinematography um but it was cut beautifully it was entertaining it was funny very informative though yeah i i I will uh i will say about the plot uh usually i don't like when i know a director's style and i see them not deviating from that style even a little bit uh i can point to wes anderson i can point to uh at least sometimes paul thomas anderson uh as well as uh what's this uh this uh woody allen Uh, woody allen um also um david uh not david lynch david fincher um, they, they all have very specific styles, which I think they kind of get sort of married to. I digress. Uh, Adam McKay has a very specific style and you could tell that from watching like the big short, uh, that if you compare the big short and vice, there are so many fucking similarities between the two movies. Yeah, I agree. They're dealing with very complex issues and they try to condense that, those issues down and break it down into its like shortest and most digestible sort of and and the same tricks and things that they they used in the big short they also used here uh with vice um but i will have to applaud him that he did a masterful job with giving us the information but doing it in a very entertaining way in a very unorthodox way even though we've already seen that before in in movies like uh, uh the big short um uh the 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 problem that I the, the biggest problem I have with this movie is that um, it while historically accurate in in some facets, it's it's also it it almost glamorizes uh, Dick Cheney in in a way, you know what I mean? Like it, it sort of in a weird way, kind of your they make him kind of the protagonist in this and that you're kind of for like 75% of the movie, you're kind of rooting for Dick Cheney in a way, you know, because he's this guy who's coming from essentially nowhere to like rising to this position. And it's all based on will. It's all based on him pushing himself to that point, you know, uh, and his wife is behind him and she's pushing him to that point. And so you're kind of rooting for him in a way. Um, but of course he's a monster uh, and you should not root for him, you know, um uh but even in that respect even with accepting that right i i would say that 
they did some of the techniques that they used in this movie was was were just uh, it was just fitting, right? So when they're sitting in the restaurant scene and they're talking about you know hey you know here's what's on the menu tonight and they're talking about well we got some torture we got some you know uh, they talked about Guantanamo Bay you know like all this stuff was on the menu and Dick Cheney's like we'll have all of it. Uh, and, you know, and then they just continue their conversation as if like, that's really what's going on here. And that was, a, that was a brilliant scene to put in there. And then another scene is, is when they literally, they start rolling the credits for the movie. Um, uh, you know, in the I middle love of that, part. that was incredible. Cause it, you know, and, and of course I knew it wasn't the end of the movie yeah. cause we haven't even gotten to like the, the heart of the movie yet. Um, but I was watching it with somebody and they were like, wait, is it over? Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not. But that's fucking gorgeous that he put that in there. It felt like something that, you know, they did in Deadpool where like mm-hmm. where, you know, he yeah. Ryan Gosling was like, yep, and that's the end of the movie. And, yeah. you know, then they're like, no, it's not. We still got a lot more story to tell. Exactly. I, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, it was very masterful. Uh, so what I could say about the plot, uh, of course, you did you did the summary of the, of the, of the, of the synopsis of the movie. Um, but I think that this movie gave you a lot of information in a very unorthodox way very similar to other things that Adam McKay's done, but it was so appreciated in this context. And, yeah. and, and I think that this movie needs to be appreciated for, yeah. for what, for what it is. Uh, so and I'm going to say one more thing about it. I, I, I would describe this as like, it's sticky, right? It's mm. this movie was told in a way um, where obviously the directors, the writers, um, Adam, uh, Sean, I wanted to say Sean McVay. Uh, uh, yeah, of course you would say he's, Sean. he's brilliant too. Uh, Adam McKay. Uh, he, I'm sure they're, goal of this film was that you'd learn something you'd re- take yeah. away real true information of, yeah. of events that took place from this movie and one of the best ways for uh, people to retain information is through like rhythm and pattern right that's why we remember s- like music so well because it has a rhythm and a pattern to it yeah. and you know you're always going to remember a funny story better than you'll remember like just a straightforward dry story right yeah. so he told this movie was told in a way that was funny and humorous, which allowed you to kind of retain a lot of what was happening while still being entertained. Yeah. Um, so it's very sticky and I love, I love the way they did that. Yeah. Like when the Cheney is having the heart attack and he goes like, can you breathe? He's like, I'm having a heart attack. You yeah. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll get into that to his character, but I have a lot of um, things to say about yeah. that too. Yeah. Well, let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right into characters. So, um, and I should have had my IMDb up, but so Christian Bale, um, you know, our, our Dark Knight friend, yeah. uh, who plays Dick Cheney. We have uh, Amy Adams who plays Lynn Cheney. Steve Carell plays uh, Donald Rumfeld. We have Sam Rockwell who plays George W. Bush. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he, he's pretty much great in anything that he does. Yeah, I, there, there's nothing I've seen him in that he hasn't just like, not, and he's not always going to floor you. Uh, I think he's a very purposeful actor. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be Leonardo DiCaprio in, in, in Wolf of Wall Street and just own the movie, but he's always going to. I don't know. No. So some of the movies that that, that that he's in, he's pretty much, uh, you know, I think every scene that he that he's in, he, he, he steals the scene, you know. Uh, I think back to like, uh, what was it, uh, Adventureland with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and... Um, What's her name? Kristen uh, Stewart. Not uh, sure if I've seen that one. Yeah, uh, I believe he was in that one. Uh, I'm trying to think back to some other movies that I've seen him in. Um, but I, I digress. I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, uh, to me, he reminds me of. Um, 
and I always get his name wrong, but I'm pulling it up here. The the actor from Iron Man, Robert, not Dunn? not Iron Man. I'm sorry, uh, Transformers. Um, Shia LaBeouf. No, he he, he was. His name is like. Uh, he's an Italian actor. He was in um, Jungle Fever with. Oh, the yeah, I forget his like name, John, but I know exactly. Uh, Tor, 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 Torulo or something like that. His name's going to come to me. Yeah. But he reminds me of him in the fact that, um, again, I, I'm just going to use the word purposeful acting. Like he plays his role so well in every movie. Yeah. He doesn't out. He doesn't overplay it. He doesn't underplay it. He doesn't necessarily out. He, he's not bigger than the story. Yeah. Um, purposeful acting so i love yeah. sam rockwell in this movie um one of the other characters i really like in this movie was steve corral mm. like, yeah. v- very similar to 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 him in the big short mm-hmm. um steve corral like it, it's hard to when you see him in a movie it's hard to divorce him from uh his character in the office yeah. um michael scott michael scott right but then you know and you watch you you start the movie and you're like oh there's steve corral and michael scott right and then you go through the film and then he just delivers in every scene he's in. He he plays the character. He plays it so well towards the end of the movie, towards the middle of the movie, definitely towards the end. You're no longer thinking Michael Scott. Like he really does play, uh, uh, is it, uh, Donald Rumsfeld Rumsfeld, really well. Yeah. No, he's always entertaining in these types of movies. Absolutely. Uh, as always, I'll give my two runners up and then I'll give my MVP, uh, my two runners up, uh, the aforementioned, uh, Steve Carell as, uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Um, just like you were saying, uh, to piggyback off that, uh, I think this, uh, and I think I heard somebody say that this was before I watched the movie, uh, that this was the role that, um, Steve Carell was born to play. And I thought that was kind of odd to say that about a person who's like a living person, you know, that you were made <laughs> yeah. to play this person. I think that's weird. But then you watch the movie and you're like, fuck, this dude's so good. Like, you know what I mean? And you forget for a second that he's Steve Carell or that he's Michael Scott or whatever. Yeah. Like you just are just like, you know, he's just fucking <laughs> talented. You know, um, my second runner up, uh, will be Christian Bale as, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the centerpiece to the entire movie. I didn't say uh, him just because Dick Cheney. It, that, it, it should go like without saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, very obvious, uh, but Christian Bale, man, his dedication to acting is just uh, bar none. Uh, he, you know, he gains weight, loses weight, gains weight, loses weight. Uh, you know, he gained weight for this this film and then lost it all the same. Yep, he bulked uh, up, got yeah. jacked for you know the Dark Knight. And yeah, lost weight for the Machinist, mm-hmm. uh, or the what is it, the mechanic, the Machinist? I forget what that movie's called. But, uh, I think uh, it was the Machinist. The Machinist. Um, mechanic was Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, two very different movies. Um, uh, and and I think that his his turn as Dick Cheney it was muted, meaning that it wasn't as flashy as I think some of his other roles are. So for instance, American Hustle, um, his role in that, um, uh, I think it was it was less exciting than that. Mm-hmm. It, but it was spot on. It, it, even if you don't know Dick Cheney, you're like, oh, this this guy is Dick Cheney, you know. Yeah. Um, but my, my, my MVP has to go to Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney. Really? Uh, and I think it, it goes to, to, to Amy so Adams. so boring to me. No. In fact, I think she was the heartbeat of the movie. If you noticed, the, the story that they were trying to convey was that Dick Cheney, sure, he was the maniacal mastermind behind all this shit. But she was the she was the driving force of the movie. She was the person. She literally is the person who got the movie started in terms of. Uh, Dick Cheney, the, essentially the the picture they're t- t- trying to draw is Dick Cheney wasn't shit until she was like 
get your shit together or else we're done. Like, yeah. And she gave him that fucking Al Pacino, any given Sunday speech, you know, at the beginning of the movie to get him going. And this was uh, the one of the first times that I watched Amy Adams that I was like, no, there, there's no ambiguity about this. Like, you knocked this shit out of the park. I don't think there, there was no, any. And, and she was great. I don't know if I'd give her MVP. I, I, she's She's got my MVP nod. Okay. I mean, MVP, I, I respect that. Now, yeah. the reason I didn't say Christian Bale as playing Dick Cheney is because he played that role so well. He did it mm-hmm. in a way that Josh Brolin played Thanos. Now, I'm not comparing Dick Cheney <laughs> to Thanos. Right? Yes. I mean, well, actually. One's worse. <laughs> actually, yeah. <laughs> he did kill. A lot of innocent uh, yeah, civilians yeah, yeah, yeah. in the you, Middle you, East. You might have to put Dick Cheney ahead of Thanos you know in terms shit? of. Uh, you might have to body count too. You might have to. We might have to double check that. What, yeah. what, what's uh, Thanos's actual body count? Because all yeah. the people he snapped away are going to come back. So how many people did he yeah, actually? Dick Cheney is yeah. actually a uh, greater <laughs> villain. Um, but uh, so you know what Christian Bale was able to do was make us both realize how uh, fucking maniacal. Dick Cheney was when he was office, how much power he had and how uh, just dedicated he was to his mission, even though his mission, like how singular his mission was and how he was able to execute it so well. Yeah. Um, but you kind of start to to like him throughout the movie, like the the scenes where he's interacting with his children and his wife. And you see like, oh, was this guy like, you know, family man and a good father um, when he you know, decided to take the office of um, vice president. And one of the things he made very clear is, you His know, daughter. I'm not going to let, you know, the the American people attack my daughter. Right. Yeah. And it was like you, know, you, you kind of respect and admire that, even though throughout this movie, you're basically seeing this just fucking evil man. Well, just I, move about I, Washington. I, I think they did that to build up empathy for him just to kind of tear that empathy down. Because if you notice, they, they built that up like, OK. And that was like his one line that he says, I can't cross that line. Right. Yeah. Or I won't let you. And cross then at the line. end of the movie and then at the end of the line, he crosses that line himself because by he his wants daughter. To, you know, he, his the, other the daughter. Cheney legacy yeah, yeah. has to continue. Right. So exactly. Sacrifice one daughter. Exactly. For which Thanos did. Similarities between Thanos and um, uh, Dick Cheney. But one of the things I got to say about the, the characters is. Um, uh, and I'm gonna uh, the actor Jesse Plemons, Jesse Plemons, who yeah, plays yeah. Kurt in the movie. Yeah. I love how they had he narrated this story. Right, yeah. the story couldn't have been narrated by you know Christian Bale and playing the Dick Cheney character. It couldn't have been narrated by Lynn. The story couldn't have been told from one of his children's perspective. It had to be told from. A, a singular third, fourth party who seemingly had no connection to the entire story, and yet which, was which makes connected it so that in they, such a they have no way. bias. Yeah. But yes, at the then at the end, you see the connection come full circle. Mm. Um, I thought that was a brilliant way to tell it. It was it was a brilliant brilliant way to yeah, tell that. Yeah, it, it made it it made you feel as you're watching the story. It made you feel like you're removed from it, and you have the freedom to, uh, you know, dissect the film any way you want to. And, and like not like you're being led down a path like it's the, the, the information is being given to me the story is being told and I have free will to determine what I like what I don't like so yeah. on and so on yeah um, and then you see it come full circle yeah. I love that part no, I, I, th- I thought he was great in, in narrating it too he added like somewhat of a comical relief some somewhat of a pause from all the shit you're learning about Dick Cheney yeah yeah it was uh yeah it was very interesting how because I was I, I was even waiting on you know, pins and needles to see who he was actually talking about, you know, who, uh, 
uh, or, or who was narrating this story. And uh, they sure enough didn't disappoint with, uh, you know, you know, what else is in this movie that I was like, oh, yeah, it didn't do too bad. Tyler Perry. Yeah. Gotta give it up to Tyler Perry's PP. Colin Powell. Yeah. Usually I hate him in literally everything. I don't, I never like him in anything, but uh, for some reason in this movie, uh, he was able to make a turn that was, uh, that He's got more money than everybody in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess that would be true. Fuck although yeah. although I'm sure those office residual checks for Steve Carell aren't bad. No, Tyler uh, Perry's yeah. got way more dough than, yeah. than Steve Carell. Fair enough. Way more dough. Because uh, um, you know who's getting those checks? It's uh, um, the guy who created The Office. What's his name again? Um, Michael Schur? No, that mushy face motherfucker. <laughs> the uh, guy who created we, The Office? Yeah, the guy who created The Office. He's the, that British actor... Oh, he's a comedian, actually. Oh, Ricky Gervais? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. He, um, he gets the checks first. No, I don't think he gets the checks, does he? Not for the American version. Yeah, well, he created The Office in general. Yeah. Then, but, then it spawned off in different countries, different I don't versions. think it, but I don't think you still get paid for that, though. I don't know. I think you get, you created this shit. You're going to get yeah. a check. Fair enough. Is, uh, the, is the Indian version of The Office just about, like, um... Is it a call center? I think <laughs> tech support. I don't know if there's any truth it's not to a what you're company. saying, but this sounds super racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just a. Uh, it's, it's definitely help desk. Yeah, yikes! Not paper uh, company. I'm gonna just moonwalk right out of Mumbai that. Mumbai paper company. Uh, no. Yikes! Uh, it's IBM. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, by the way, uh, Francine uh, Miser uh, is the uh, casting by credit for the uh, for the film uh, Vice. Um, now, uh, alternatively, uh, the cinematographer for the film is uh, Greg uh, Fraser or Fraser, one of the two. Um, uh, and uh, so, let's talk about the cinematography for the uh, of the film. Uh, what do we think about it? I don't think they like in in terms of you know like the camera angles, you know lighting, you know how it was shot. There's there's not nothing there that stood out to me. Um, I do love how they at times had a still camera, um, and then you know actors were moving about in the room, and you can tell it was just like a um, uh, a camera that was either mounted to like a wall or or, an, or just placed in the center of the room and you would see low angles of the characters moving, not always their faces, not always their heads. Sometimes it was, it was just their body. I remember the phone call that Dick Cheney took from George W. Bush, um, where it was like the Sunday morning and you, you heard Lynn yell out, who's calling on a Sunday morning. And, uh, Dick Cheney walks up to the camera. Um, he, he comes in pretty close. And again, you're not seeing his head. You're not seeing his shoulders. You're just seeing his body and you're hearing the conversation he's having with George W. I thought that was beautiful. And you saw scenes like that throughout the movie. Yeah. What I loved the most was how it was cut, you know, mm-hmm. how in order to deliver a message about maybe like a, a situation or a moment that happened, um, they would cut to what is seemingly like a nonsense scene. Uh, and, and kind of tie it back to a situation or a moment that happened, right? For example, uh, let's say in the movie, someone mentions how this is going to light a fire under Congress, right? And then they'll cut to a scene where there's the, uh, you know, the a dynamite stick and the, and, and the, and the uh, what is it called? The It's not called like C4. a... 
No, the, the th- it's not the thread of the dynamite. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You're seeing the slow burn of yeah. the of the of the string before yeah. it gets to the dynamite and it explodes, and you know that that kind of helps deliver the impact of that scene or the moment. Um, it, well, to, to, it, to, it was cuts like that that I thought were, were both humorous and yeah. delivered the message. To, to piggyback right off of that, uh, the thing that I was going to say, because, uh, yeah, I can't I can't necessarily say too much to each individual shot, but I can say to how it was all sort of strung together. And one of the ones that sort of uh, uh, was the biggest indication of that to me was uh, the, the scene where he's talking to Bush in um He's essentially being like, uh, well, it's like the big scene where he, uh, you know, go you know, accepts the vice president uh, um, uh, offer from Bush uh, and it cuts back and forth when he's like fly fishing. Yeah. And and so he's talking to Bush and he's like, he's, he's kind of testing the waters out and you see him, you know, they cut the scene where he's fly fishing. And then all of a sudden, you know, he says, well, maybe we can come to an understanding. And then it shows the string out into the water about to catch the fish, you know, and then they even tie that back to the end the end credits where they, all of the pictures that the end in the end credits were like, uh, uh, fishing hooks. Mm, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, and it was one thing that they literally just, keep referring back to during the course of the movie um and so yeah i, I can't speak too much uh, to the actual uh the framing or the the, the actual pictures uh of, of the film but i can speak to what you said in terms of the editing i thought it was beautifully edited and and again this just falls right in line with other adam mckay movies that it's told in this very sort of non-linear we start in the past, then we jump to the, you know all the way to the future, then we go somewhere in the yeah. middle. Like it, it, it sort of fluctuates, but it all sort of makes sense. It all sort of has the same sort of thread and, and beat running through it, which I, I I can definitely appreciate. And it's a talent to to be able to do that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Soundtrack. Uh. What are we What are we thinking from from that? Either that or just sound design, um. Score. Whatever we want to talk about. To be honest. I don't have shit to say about the soundtrack. <laughs> the, the movie was, there was so much information. There was so much learning yeah. um, happening throughout the movie. It's kind of hard to notice the music, which when you're telling a story about a real life person, yeah, uh, I don't think, you know, the, the soundtrack of the movie is really what you want people to remember. You want it to be just an underlying tone of the film, right? Yeah. Uh, add value but not take away from the story and I think that's what happened uh, in Vice. Obviously there was music there. What that music was, I don't know. Um, it definitely added to the film, to the pace, to the uh, to the, um, to the vibe that you're getting, especially in certain moments where um, you know, the conversations Dick Cheney is having, those very secretive private conversations over the phone or um, in private rooms at the White House or whatever. It adds to it, but it doesn't take away from it. Yeah. And I think you, I know it doesn't take away from it because you don't really remember it, but you know it was there. Yeah. And uh, uh, Nicholas Breitel is the uh, uh, the music by credit on, on the film. Um, I, I would say for the music, I, I would say they did try to link up uh, the, the music uh, corresponding to uh, the, the time period that they were in. So, for instance, when he was back in. 
um, you know, the, his early life in like Wyoming. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- that all was uh, basically. I remember sort of vaguely like a, some like folklore type of the music playing in the bar when he exactly, got into the yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then when you fast forward to the, you know, you start getting into the seventies and eighties, you, you start hearing music that sort of uh, corresponds to those times. And yeah, I think that that's key in helping you sort of as a viewer sort of figuring out where you're at, what time period you're in, because they don't. It's not like they just spell it out for you like where what time period you're actually in they kind of leave it up to you to sort of figure that out uh which i kind of like i I like not necessarily being spoon-fed like i like having to dig at least a little bit you know like we're not told this is the date exactly this This is you have to figure out 74 at 3 p.m in the afternoon (laughs) yeah uh uh yeah, so uh, so I can appreciate that, and uh, you know, as for the actual score, uh, yeah, I found it to be sort of like a mundane score, and not mundane. I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but it, it was sort no, of because it was very ordinary. well played. It, yeah, yeah it, it was very well done, um, but it was something just like I think a lot of scores in that Back if you're not noticing it, it's doing its job. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's just giving you a feeling more than it is standing out to you, which yeah. I think is is sort of the 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 goal. Um, okay, what are our overall thoughts about this uh, this film? Overall thoughts. So I watched this movie on my phone, <laughs> <laughs> on my iPhone 7, yeah. um, after a long day of work, and yeah. I still found it very entertaining. Mm. Um, I'm going to give this movie uh, a definite press play. Yeah. Um, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to be very entertained. You're going to see some phenomenal performances with Sam Rockwell, um, mm-hmm. Amy Adams, um, uh, Christian Bale, really, uh, Steve Corral. You're going to see um, uh, Tyler Perry. Really strong performances. Great storytelling. Um, just a great, a great film. I understand why uh, it won or was nominated for so many awards at this year's uh, yeah, uh, Golden, Globes. Golden Globes. Yeah, uh, I, I think that this film is uh, it's sorely needed in this time because it, 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 it if you don't learn from history then you know as they say you're you're doomed to repeat it and i think that there are a lot of similarities between and i and i kind of liked how it wasn't so heavy-handed in terms of the the no 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 pun intended when i say this but the the trump card in mm-hmm. terms of speaking to directly to trump i think there was only one shot at trump if i can remember correctly in, in the whole film and it didn't really have much it actually was pre-president trump and it was like him standing next to like a big shit ton of like money or some shit like that mm-hmm. um and it so it didn't necessarily speak directly to him but it was clearly shot at trump you know yeah um and uh you know i I think the whole because even i don't necessarily know that much about the whole i mean i I knew cheney was essentially the 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 puppet master behind you know the uh he he was the geppetto to uh bill uh or uh george bush's uh pinocchio um but to understand the details of that you know, I think you would have to actually go back and study and, and learn. But I think it's entertainment like this that gives it to you in this really highly entertaining way that makes it better to, to, to learn. Sure. You're not going to get every single fact. So you're sure you're not going to, you know, understand every nuance of it, but you're at least going to get a decent chunk of it. The, 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 the stuff that's highly important you know you're, you're going to understand and to look what he's done you know with uh, Halliburton to 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 see uh, uh you know how uh, politics works in terms of you know the same people that we were talking about like so for instance um, John Bolton is right now in the Trump presidency mm-hmm. um 
his political history expands, you know, many years. But if you go back to like the Iraq war, he's one of the people who pushed for it so much. And yeah. yet we're seeing him pop up again in the Trump presidency. Now, Lord knows only knows what crazy ass war he's going to try to push for. He's I know he's got a hard on for trying to, you know, do war with uh, Iran. Um, so it's just like we keep seeing these people pop up in history. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, why does it like? Yeah. Why do these same people keep fucking popping up all over the place? It wouldn't fucking surprise me if Cheney came out of nowhere and was like, hey, I'm running for some shit, you know, like, and it's just like, we've already seen this fucking song and dance. Why don't we fucking learn from that? Yeah. These people are monsters. And and I love the way the movie ended with like, you know, the the kind of like, you know, the facts at the end. Just really telling you like, hey, you just saw this whole Dick Cheney movie. You saw what this person was able to do and how they were able to move through, maneuver through politics and through Washington, D.C. and just kind of like have their way with with politics. You know, here are some of the things that the, the result of Dick Cheney's maneuvering through uh, Washington, D.C. and Congress and Senate, so on and so on. And like you said, it's crazy how those things are still very relevant today. Yeah. Like where it talks about um, the uh, the law that they were able to change, which gives the president absolute executive the, authority. Uh, damn, what was it called? The, the something theory, the... the like unified executive un- theory unitarian or executive yeah. theory, or theory or something like that yeah. and, and you know it, it's still effective today you know donald trump could could exercise that power sure. yeah. and that stuff is still very scary yeah. so again this movie was very informational they did it in a way that you know people are going to remember it yeah it, it has like a uh, a vibe to it that it's very sticky 100 percent. um so with that ladies and gentlemen uh we hit press play on vice and uh you should as well it's a it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a movie that is educational but as well as uh highly entertaining uh both funny and and um you know just yeah it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, Definitely yeah. a good one. So, uh, so like I said, we press play on it. We hope you do the same. Drop us a comment. Drop us uh, some sort of notes. Let us know how you feel about it uh, and all that shiznit. Okay. Uh, I'm tired. I know you're tired. Uh, let's wrap this shit it's up. It's getting late. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you decided to start singing, but okay. And um, it's cold outside. No reason for any of this. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, we've got film uh, film school coming at you. I think it's going to we're going to do one Saturday. If not, no, we'll just hold for 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 Monday. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, we've got a lot of shit cooking right now. Uh, I got a lot of a lot of fires or, or a lot of pokers in the fire is what I wanted to say. Uh, so be on the lookout for some big shit from us coming uh, very very soon. Uh, I promise on on that delivery. Uh, and uh, yeah, anything else? That's it. Okay. Uh, whatever platform you're listening to us on, uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, and if you don't, I consider you to be an asshole and consider you an uh, enemy of the state and we do not negotiate with terrorists. Absolutely not. We prosecute to the maximum of our ability with and extreme prejudice. Exactly. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know what that bullets. really means, but it doesn't it sound, yeah. very, I forget which movie uh, that was. It was, it was some, movie. I think that's a real, I think that's what they like. So when police officers, like when they like. You know, talk about getting like really, really bad criminals. They'll mm-hmm. say like, you know, we, we execute we'll, with extreme, extreme prejudice. prejudice. Yeah, yeah, it was that means line. live bullets. It <laughs> was a, it was a line in a movie though. Um, it, I don't know what movie it was, but we, you know, I think it, I think it may have been um, uh, in Wolf of Wall Street. No, you know what? It was in uh, the show Billions, I think, where. 
you haven't seen Billions? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Oh God damn! You got to see that show. Yeah. It was good. There, well, I'm gonna go on a. We uh, will Game mobilize of the war machine. We will execute with extreme prejudice. It was <laughs> it, it was one of those scenes that's like reminiscent of Al Pacino's speech in Any Given Sunday. Oh yeah, it was like a great speech. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. gonna send you the link. You gotta check it out. Okay, great, great check that out. TV show movie well, speech. So over the next couple of months, I'm gonna binge. Uh, I've got the uh, I've got some homework to do. I gotta binge uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um, and I also have to watch just a shit ton of shows that um, and shows are the worst because it's like if you miss four seasons of it yeah it's hard it's hard to catch back up so yeah. uh, so I've, I've got uh, I've got I've got a lot of shit to watch but um, I, I saw also so by the way saw the spider-man uh, trailer today far from home yeah right? it wasn't very good I didn't like it yeah yeah I didn't like yeah, it either. yeah yeah it was not uh, very but I guess they can only say so much because of uh you know uh, uh, end game not being out yet but still yeah, and it's all kind of stupid because it's like, okay, we're supposed to think this guy's dead, yet yeah, he's slinging around, fucking in London or some shit. Yeah, I, I didn't like the. I wasn't in love with the uh, the first one. Um, I'm not in love. I thought with that was this fantastic. One. I thought the first one was great. I didn't love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of Spider Man out. Yeah, I think I've, it's lost its magic. It's, it's too much. Yeah, give me yeah, some time. Too many. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've come to another to the end of another fantastic show, uh, and I think we're just going to hit the usual protocols we always do. Fade out. Peace. Snitches.